Hello and welcome to another episode of Life and Wellbeing Education podcast. Uh, and we're recording here at Durham School. My name's Mrs. Thompson and I'm Head of Life and Wellbeing Education. And today I'm joined with Mrs. Abbott and we're in the Medical Centre, which again, it's always lovely to try out these new destinations. Um, I thought it would be really nice for us to have a, a little conversation with Mrs. Abbott today about sexually transmitted infections. Um, but before we do that, let's hear a little bit about Mrs. Abbott. Hello, so I'm Trisha Abbott and I work here at Durham School as a nurse. Um, I've worked in healthcare and education, looking after children and young people for about 30 years now, so I've got a wide range of experience. I've also got a really special interest in emotional health and well-being, and I enjoy spending time with young people discussing that. Okay, that's lovely. I mean, I know you have a very busy job. Obviously, I've worked with you as, uh, as junior house mistress for McLeod. Um, so I know that you have a wealth of experience. And of course, if it's not sort of emotional well-being, you're dealing with all sort of the cuts and bruises and all the rest of the things. So quite a lot of our listeners will have actually met you in person. Um, I think one of the things that is quite crucial for our listeners to uh, understand is that the topic that we'll cover today is something that if they wish to, they can come and speak to you in person as well, which I think is quite nice. Okay then, so one of the things that um, I thought we would start off by um, talking about is why we think it's important that we should talk about sexually transmitted infections. Well, we should be helping young people to identify behaviours that put them at risk of infection. Um, you know, there are lots of situations where they may become or they may end up being sexually active when they haven't planned. So giving them information in advance will help them make sort of clear decisions, informed decisions. Um, most young people already know the basic facts about condom use, pregnancy and STIs, but most young people feel really uncomfortable reaching out to professionals with questions concerning STIs. I know that because when they do come to the medical centre, it's usually after some soul searching, some anxiety and many attempts really at starting a conversation. So we should, as adults, try to get better at starting these conversations with young people. Yeah, and I think it's important as well because I think that you know if we're if we're having a slightly honest conversation here, um, some people, uh, well, teenagers that we're referring to here, um, make some bad choices yeah. when it, they're very early on. When they sort of obviously we need to be a, kind of state quite quite clearly here that um, anybody who's entering into a sexual relationship should be over the age of 16 and it should be consensual. Um, but when that happens, um, they have to make good choices about. Um, who their partner is and, and how they will keep themselves safe because as we've said sexually transmitted infections um, you know can have it, an impact and actually we're talking about impact for life as well in some cases. Yeah. Um, a fear of being able to untalk, uh, sorry, to, uh, me, a fear of being unable to talk about STIs is really dangerous because if you do have an STI and you leave it untreated you can end up with pelvic inflammatory disease if you're a woman for example which can in the end mean that you become infertile and in my career as a reproductive nurse I can you know I can really tell you that the consequences of that for people trying to have a baby are really really sad um, and many many STIs if you get treated early leave you with no long-term effects so it's good to be open and it's good to seek help if you need it. Okay and obviously if the if our listeners are actually sort of here and they're saying, you know, I'm at that age now where I can make those choices and, you know, the law is very much sort of on my side here at the age of 16 and above. Um, then obviously, what kind of, um, I don't 
what, what kind of methods and protections are best for these um, sort of protecting against sexually transmitted infections? Well, obviously condoms are the safest and the best barrier method to stop you from getting um, a sexually transmitted infection. But really the best method is to be educated, to be informed, to have regular checks, to be open and honest with a partner and ensure that you have good dialogue with them and also speak to professionals. We all um, are here for you, all of the adults in school would help you or at least signpost you to a local sexual health clinic. And obviously before you go to university you need to find out where that clinic is because to be for, for, uh, forewarned is forearmed, you know, it's good to know where to go in a crisis. When you're in a crisis, it's very hard to be able to take on information. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we kind of live in a real world here and we know that there are some people who perhaps, you know, do make the wrong choices and do end up having sort of sexual activity before the age of 16, which obviously we know is, is not legal in, in sort of um, England. One of the things that I would say is, what about age and kind of going to these clinics? Is there an age that you can't go to these clinics? No, there isn't. Okay. Um, and you know, if you, if you come to us, we can signpost you in the right direction, but so could your parents. You know, it's, it's difficult to start those conversations with any adult and especially your parents, but parents do want to help. And many parents, in my experience, would rather take you to the clinic and that, you know, and be upset, but help you because they also know the long-term consequences of living with a problem, whether it's a sexually transmitted infection or any kind of secret that you need to keep, in the end it comes and you know it causes you some issues. So if you can talk to a parent, that's wonderful. If you have to come to us, sometimes we'll have to seek your permission to inform your parents. Um, but we would always ask you about that first. And if, for example, they didn't have access to you, or perhaps they did say they didn't feel quite confident to speak to their parents. Um, is there any sort of trusted websites that they could actually find some of this information on? Yes, there are. Um, I think the best thing to do, though, locally, face-to-face, -face, we have some amazing sexual health clinics and resources in County Durham and beyond, a very, very good regional centre in Newcastle where we can actually refer you and someone there will speak to you on the telephone. So, you you know, if you, if you do need help, you can look online and you can find local centres where centres of excellence really where they can give you very good advice. So I think it's important to say before we started going into sort of some of the detail of maybe some of these sexually transmitted infections, I think it's important sort of, I think having this conversation now, it's really important to say there's so much support out there for anybody who feels that perhaps they've made themselves vulnerable in a situation, perhaps they've made some bad choices um, and perhaps are not quite sure whether or not having had some kind of sexual activity with somebody that they might have exposed themselves to an infection that, that obviously is undetectable, um, not seen, um, but they're not quite sure what to do. So it certainly sounds like there's a lot of support out there, which is great news and say whether that's in school, whether that's at home or whether that's sort of in the, the wider community of, of County Durham, like you've mentioned, some of the clinics around there as well. So that's really good for our listeners to hear. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do is perhaps have a look at some uh, key uh, sexually transmitted infections so that you can actually start to get um, a grasp of what we would say has been the, the most common um, and if for example I know that there are some some potential um, symptoms that might be noticeable but I know that most of these so maybe you could tell us a little bit about the first one that we're thinking of covering. Okay so the most common STIs among teenagers in particular are chlamydia and gonorrhea Genital herpes and HPV are also common, but we'll look today at chlamydia and gonorrhea because they're both bacterial infections, so they both present with similar symptoms. So at least then you can, you know, 
perhaps get some clarity around some things rather than too much information. So chlamydia and gonorrhea can be treated with antibiotics. So again, that's really you know a good reason to try and seek help because if you know that you can get antibiotics for a bacteria rather than a viral infection, then that already will prevent you having serious health outcomes in the future. In relation to um, symptoms, chlamydia um, for females, you whilst many people don't get any symptoms, you can get some vaginal discharge. It can sometimes be a bit painful when you pass urine and some people get lower abdominal pain. Now some of those things, for example lower abdominal pain, you also get when you menstruate or for other reasons, so it can be a little bit misleading. There are other things, um, if you are sexually active, you can get vaginal bleeding after intercourse, intercourse um, and between periods. All of those things are things you should alert a medical practitioner about. Really, that's all of the symptoms for chlamydia, so as you see, you might overlook any of those. With a boy, um, you can get a clear, watery or even milky urethral discharge and you can get a really itchy urethra. And again, you can have pain when you pass urine. Some people get testicular pain and rarely people, both boys and girls, get eye or rectal infections. So any of those things you should be, you know, alerting a medical practitioner. All of those things also happen with gonorrhea, with the addition of a really thick yellowish green discharge from the penis if you're a boy. Girls don't get any additional symptoms. So again, you know, it might be hard for anyone to sort of differentiate between some of the other times when you might have, you know, a little bit discomfort down below, especially if it's a new sexual partner or if it's the first time you've been sexually active. You really need to, you know, be looking for information and seeking help if those things happen. Is that helpful? Yeah, that is. I mean, I think one of the things that I just want to maybe make clear to our listeners is, can sexually transmitted infections, I mean, obviously we talk about sort of sexual activity and we talk about sort of sexual intercourse, but what do we mean by that? I mean, can sexually transmitted infections, I mean, I think we talk about penetrative sex, yeah. um, so that might be, you know, the, the penis and the vagina, but actually, can sexually transmitted infections of such as chlamydia that we're talking about, can it be transferred orally as well? Yes, it can. So, you know, because it's transferred in body fluids, it can be transferred orally via anal sex and also obviously vaginal sex so you need to be really careful you know who who's this person that you're going to have sexual activity with do you know them do you know how many sexual partners that they've had um because it can it can be transmitted via any of those routes really okay i think that was just important to clarify because i know that you know just to make it as clear as possible for everybody is that uh, i know that you know i think people just assume that sex is sex and it actually can be a number of things but i think with transmitted infections i think it's important just to make sure that everybody's aware that this isn't just one particular activity but could infect them in other in other ways um i one of the things that i i sort of you know, read about, particularly with um, life and well-being um, education, uh, if we kind of go on to this idea of using protection to protect against things like chlamydia, um, is that people are very embarrassed about this idea of um, getting condoms. You know, how would someone go about buying something like that? You know, I know that obviously they can be readily available. Um, is there any other methods of being able to get contraception quite easily? Yeah, there's a C-card scheme. So again, if you contact um, a young person's sexual health clinic and again if you look online 
put in your postcode and you'll easily be able to find a clinic close to you. You can go there and register and you can be given free, not just condoms, but advice. So it might be that there are other methods of contraception that are good for you, but the best barrier method to prevent sexually transmitted infections are condoms, is condoms. So you can go there and the C-card scheme will enable you to have those for free. Yeah, because I think that quite a lot of um, women I'm not saying quite a lot of women, but certainly a lot of teenagers, they think that just because somebody is on the pill, they're always thinking about sort of, they're just thinking about pregnancy, surely yeah. that's that's not actually stopping anything else, it's just stopping the idea of you having a baby, but actually that doesn't stop anything else, does it? No, no, not at all, definitely not. Okay. Now, you mentioned about uh, another sexually transmitted infection. Yeah, so gonorrhea. Um, we can talk a little bit about gonorrhea. Women, when they have gonorrhea, are often asymptomatic. So that means they don't know they've got it at all. But most men do develop symptoms of gonorrhea within two to seven days of infection. They get the thick yellowy green discharge from their penis and it is painful when they urinate. Often they get testicular pain and even some swelling around their testes. Um, they do get rectal pain and they do get, when they do, where there is a discharge, quite a lot of itching. So men quite often and quite quickly realize they have some problem down below. Um, but girls are very, very often asymptomatic. It's the second most common bacterial STI and it's most common in people between the age of 15 and 29. The problem with it is it can affect the cervix. So again, it, for the longer term, it can cause pelvic inflammatory disease if left untreated. So for girls in particular, you know, if you have a new partner or if you've changed partners, you should really try and get tested. Um, Boys, if you do know you have gonorrhea, then you really need to tell the girls that you have had any sort of sexual activity with in order that they can also get antibiotics. You know, both people need antibiotics and contact tracing would help with that, but only if you're honest. Yeah, and I think that's something that, um, you know, again, people very you know, very easily get quite embarrassed about the fact that they might have discovered that they've obtained a sexually transmitted infection. But actually telling whoever they might have been with is actually the, the best way of being able to help them, help yourself, but actually to stop this sort of constant spread between, like you said, the 15 to 29 year old gap sort of that we have here. Because I think, as I say, as you get older, you tend to settle more into a partner, you're much more careful about your life choices. Um, so I think that sort of track and trace, which we hear so much about in COVID, which is, you know, seems quite, you know, strange now, but it actually is very similar to everything else that we talk about. Um, we talked about obviously being tested. What kind of, what do they do? How do they test for things like this? It's a very, um, very simple test, often just a urine test, which you can sometimes do yourself. Um, you know, you can, they'll give you a, a, a kit, but you can also go into a clinic and have a test done there. It's really simple. It's non-invasive. Sometimes you might need swabs for some sexually transmitted diseases, but certainly for chlamydia, it's a simple urine test. Yeah. Oh, you see, that doesn't sound too painful at all, does no. it really? So nobody should be scared no, if they sure. thought that that was the case. Um, I, I think we've covered quite a, a lot there already. Um, one of the things that um, I guess we kind of want to make sure that our listeners go away with is the, the thought that they're never really alone. Obviously, we've talked about the support. Um, we've talked about this idea of using protection and obviously condoms being sort of the best way and you've given some great advice about the C card as well and obtaining things like that. Um, obviously in the in the future, um, having an open conversation with any 
you know, new conversation with a partner that you're going to sort of, you know, you really like, perhaps maybe want to settle with. I mean, how do you start a conversation like that? Exactly. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a difficult um, concept in many ways, but sort of getting to know your partner and yourself is key to a successful relationship. Um, getting sort of romantic relationships right involves the development not only of sort of the interpersonal skills that you need like trust and kindness and intimacy and empathy but you need to know how to disclose and negotiate boundaries and you know those things will help you to see whether you're compatible with that person or not you know you need to be able to forgive and forget but also you know the whole sort of intimate physical challenges that you um will come up against with another human being makes you vulnerable but if you can be vulnerable together and honest together then I think you, you've got a really good foundation for a relationship going forward. Yeah and I, and I think when we're talking about sort of you know sexually transmitted infections and also we're talking about trust and healthy relationships I mean we're talking about any sort of gender coupling here yeah. um, I think it's important that you know we're, we're open to all of those kind of um, thoughts that it doesn't just affect heterosexual couples this we're talking about you know bisexual we're talking about heter uh, uh, homosexual thank you uh, so there are all of those kind of things as well um, and I think it's important I know that we we talked about this in our first podcast with Dr Burns this idea of sort of consent and, and healthy relationships and I think that again if you can enter into those steps with somebody who you see as a, as a, as a partner uh, somebody who you would like to perhaps have some sign kind of sexual um, activity with that that trust is built up in advance of anything actually happening so at least you kind of understand that person they understand you um, it feels comfortable it feels you know safe I think more than anything else um, I mean is, is there a time where perhaps um, you know in your professional capacity you know in, in nursing not necessarily at this school but you've come across anything where it's gone not particularly well have you heard any bad experiences that you've come across perhaps you can think where somebody I think that it, it's more sad experiences because I think silence or lack of awareness can have a real devastating effect on a person's body mind and emotional well-being and um, people often feel really ashamed when they have or when they're diagnosed with an STI and you know those feelings appear to be normal amongst the, that group um, but getting an STI doesn't mean you're a bad person and I think that, you know, we have to try and dispel that myth because some people who, in my experience, perhaps who are now infertile, wish so much that they had come forward when they were young, you know, and didn't end up with pelvic inflammatory disease where, you know, their fallopian tube and tubes and ovaries are so damaged that they can't, you know, they, they can't conceive. And I think if they had been sort of a bit more open and honest in the early stages and got treatment, Perhaps that was with a different partner and now they're facing, you know, life with a person they love so much but they can't have a child with. I think that for me has been the sort of the saddest reveal and makes me, if you like, interested in a topic which I find incredibly difficult to talk about. Yeah. You know, I, I do think it's hard to start a conversation about this and I do find it difficult but having seen the consequences of not being able to talk about it, I think it's better for us as professionals in school to help young people be a little bit open and honest if they need to be. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you say, you're, you're seeing the much sort of longer term impacts of this. And some of our listeners who are still very young in their sort of, you know, thoughts and actions, 
um, will not even have considered that long-term effect. I think, you know, for, for young people who are just starting to become maybe more sexually active, it's all about sort of uh, the passion and the initial feeling that you get when you're with somebody. But actually, if you do take a step back from that moment and actually think to yourself, how do I keep myself safe and how do I protect myself for the future, I think that would actually slow things down to a point where you would then have that healthy kind of balance and that checking within, the, you know, who is this partner, who is this person, you know, and am I doing the right thing for myself? Would you agree? I would, yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want, and I'm sure Mrs. Thompson doesn't want to make sexual activity sound really scary or make you think that getting an STI is inevitable, because it's not. As long as you practice safe habits, then you'll be fine. But you really need to make informed decisions and practice those safe habits. And that's really what this is all about. It's about us helping you to have information in order that you make an informed decision when you find yourself in those that situation that's great um, I think we've covered an awful lot there um, and I know that we've picked two what we class as very sort of common uh, sexually tra transmitted infections and, uh, and I hope that later on in other podcasts we'll be able to cover a bit more however if you do have any sort of um, further inquiries you know, obviously we've given you some support mechanisms uh, for you know if you need to come and see us or see the medical centre and obviously please do try and speak to parents wherever you can and of course um, being at the ages of sort of 16 which is what we were hoping that we're aiming for here 16 and over then obviously your GP is also another good location um, the National Health website as well can give you some really good information about yes. sort of you can go on to um, the website and just put in whatever the query is you know you can be specific and ask about chlamydia or gonorrhea or any, anything that you're, that you're really worried about or particularly interested in but if not you can also telephone your surgery um, and they will give you the number of the local sexual health clinic um, or you can come here and we'll do it for you. I mean we've done those things before for young people and it's a confidential service. We, you know we wouldn't tell any member of staff in school unless we felt you are, were at risk of harm. Obviously child protection is paramount in school but we would explain all of that to you if you need help. That's great. Um, look, Mrs. Abbott, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, as I say, I know this is a big topic, but I think that we've given our listeners a little bit of a sort of an early understanding about why we feel that this is an important topic. Um, like you've mentioned already, you know, this is a, it's a good conversation to have. We need to keep that kind of line of communication open, keep talking to people so that we can become better and more aware in ourselves and obviously those people around us as well. Um, and we hope that we'll speak to you again soon. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.